0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. A
1: period of practice, we'll practice for 20, 25 minutes probably together, um, continuing uh, where we've already explored being sensitive to the body and then opening up uh, to this larger ecosystem that Diana described, of the mood, including the texture of the mind, including the possibility to um, become sensitive to and notice uh, the thoughts that are moving through um, commentary, assumption. So that, that, that's the basic theme uh, of the practice we'll do together. And we'll just begin uh, our, our practicing together, our exploring Uh, This this inner inner world together. Maybe just take a moment to find uh, your meditation posture. Find a way to sit that is upright, alert, but still with this quality of openness, sensitivity. So to begin, um, I invite you to just kind of uh, check in with the weather of your mood. the, the What is, um, what's showing up? What can you just kind of notice and feel into in a very intuitive way? Just like a snapshot. the state of your mind, the state of your heart. Just noticing that Maybe there will be words or labels that feel to describe the state of our mind, our emotional state, possibly. Or maybe it's something that will reveal itself more along the lines of feeling pleasant or unpleasant. Or neutral. Maybe what is happening, what can be noticed, isn't particularly clear. Maybe very quiet. There's something very powerful in just developing this habit of checking in. Where Where am I right now? What's going on? So moving back in more to this energy, this um, quality of attention uh, that is this sensitive, receptive knowing of what is showing up in the body. can we notice in terms of felt sensation that to us indicates emotional experience? Again, it might be helpful to tune into this central axis of the body. Offering this presence, this delicate attention in the area of our pelvis our belly, the solar plexus, the chest, the throat, the face, the head. Can we notice there? What can we allow to reveal itself? So maintaining this kind of um, patience and curiosity, is it possible to take a bit of a step back and widen what we're attentive to, to include the possibility of noticing What's happening in the mind? Opening to noticing what thoughts might be present. may not it may be not so much that uh, we focus directly on the thoughts so much as letting them to reveal themselves as well in this wider space of awareness You might be sensitive to the quality of the mind, this texture of the mind. still keeping our emotional sensations, still keeping the experience of the body within our attention, within our awareness. We might notice that there's some activity in the thinking mind related to what's showing up in the body, possibly. We might have questions or there might be some commentary about what we're noticing in the emotional body. We recognize something very strong Or we recognize something familiar, some old sensation, there may be a response in the mind. And just being curious, just being open to whatever is revealed within this ecosystem of our thoughts and emotional experience, quality of mind. no expectations just keeping the awareness very open, very receptive if we notice our attention uh, begins to get pulled along with some commentary or some narrative, we can just bring, bring our attention back to uh, very, very much including the body. Always keeping the sensitivity to the experience of the body. This will kind of allow us a a place to anchor our attention, station our attention as we open to be curious about what's going on in the mind as well. We can see what we might discover about this interplay. if our mind evaluates the experience somehow, maybe something as simple as labeling the experience or naming the emotion we feel that we're sensing. Can we stay sensitive to noticing the emotional experience in the body? Is there a response? Is there a reflection? Is there a change that might come as a result of pinning down or identifying or labeling? So for the last few minutes of this practice period, I'm going to I- invite you to uh, experiment a little bit here. Um, we've been taking this stance of openness and mindfulness and receptivity uh, towards noticing our experience. So this this little, um, this little exploration um, will be to introduce a particular thought into this space. Uh, The thought that I'll suggest is just to hold the idea um, that what what is here now is perfect. What if this moment And what I'm noticing in this moment is perfect. Nothing needs to be changed about what I'm noticing. Not looking for a particular uh, result. Instead, just being curious about what happened, if anything did. I'm about to ring the bell. Um, It may feel helpful to uh, transition to what will be a period of exchange by just letting your attention uh, open out, include the uh, physical sensations, the physical, the sounds that, that might be in your environment.
0: Susie yeah so now we'd love to hear from you what was that like to A deconstruct or look at different elements of your experience the mind state and the body and or what was it like when Susie introduced this idea this moment is perfect. Like, what what was the experience then? Or nothing needs to change. Maybe what was the immediate experience afterward and the, maybe lingering after that? Yeah. We'd love to hear from a few of you. So again, um, you know, maybe we can all fit on one page now. So you can... Um, raise your hand, raise your Zoom blue hand, or uh, raise your hand uh, physically. And uh,
1: I'd like to comment.
2: Uh, David.
3: Sorry for the delay. Um, so uh, before she said, before Susie said, uh the moment's perfect, I was feeling grief. And I wouldn't say I was really contracted around it. It was spacious. It was okay. But when she said to think the moment's perfect, it was just like a big light went off. You know, it was just bright and spacious and um, it was like a, I'd say it was a shift emotionally, as though the grief gave way to what you suggest—you almost like equanimity. Um, there was more joy. But the grief hadn't disappeared. So then I kind of tried to look at the grief. And it was funny. There were, it was still diminished. It's like it was all there. But by far now the, kind of like the moment's perfect or okay. And uh, satisfaction with that was more prevailed. That's all I'll say.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you, David. Thank you for sharing that. So it had an impact uh, just dropping in that idea. Yeah, yeah. Sheila.
4: Yeah, when um, Susie said, you know, this moment is perfect, I just had a lot of resistance to it. I have been feeling, um, you know, like deep sadness for a while now. So it was like, hell no, it's not perfect. (laughs) And um, the other thing was that, you know, I don't know what you mean by deconstruct. To me, it sounds more like analysis. Um, but it's like, whatever I was feeling in my physical body, um, uh, I felt like that's what it is in my mind too. Like it's the, the physical state is reflecting the mental state and the mental is reflecting the physical state. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. That's how I felt.
0: Thank you, Sheila. Susie, do you want to comment?
1: Sure uh uh thank you uh Sheila for 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 sharing that and sharing your experience and we're you know uh, really appreciate your your very different response to what happened when the thought was introduced um and that's sort of the the first um possibility that we're kind of offering today in terms of taking a kind of um playfulness or this kind of experimenting um And the the difference in the responses really kind of points to a few different things. One, um, we need to be willing to try things. We need a range of ways to explore Um, and we need to be our own guide. You know, once we have um, some ideas of how we might practice and might explore. And so, you know, what might be skillful, what kind of, Thought if you want to play with that might be skillful for you to introduce given your circumstances and you can just tell you know you can kind of try something and you just you feel it in the heart is this going in a good direction is this opening is this supporting me is this leading to more freedom or is it just like enough no thanks so so that that was a beautiful um to hear both both of both of you share and to kind of touch on that um, in terms of the, the, the idea of the deconstructing, you know, in your report, what you reported, it felt like you had this clarity of, of what is a mental phenomena and what is something that you can sense in the physical body. And that's really what we're talking about. You know, it's just kind of knowing that um, when we're really overwhelmed um, often we don't it's just like something hits us and we can't stand it and we want to move away from it. So this is instead just, you know, can I know what's showing up here and here? And maybe they do relate and maybe they do there is an interplay. And if we can be sensitive to that, even better. So I don't know if that answers kind of like what we're pointing to with the with the deconstruction. It's 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 like
2: a yeah.
4: I had a question though. When you say do you Like, what works for me? Like, do I look for thoughts or do I search for thoughts that would help? I mean, how? I thought thoughts just get generated anyway.
1: Um, Well, have you done heart practices or meta practice?
4: Um, uh, Yeah, some. uh, Not a lot, but some.
1: Well, you know, those are some (laughs) time-tested phrases that you introduce into the meditative space.
4: Okay, thank you. Thank you.
1: yeah, um, and you can find your own. But but that's the kind of, yeah, direction with that.
4: Okay.
0: Yeah, thank you, Sheila, for pointing out, uh, I'm using this word deconstruct. Let, let's see, what are some other ways? Because that might not work for everybody, of course. Um, maybe simplify. Like, so there may be like a whole bunch, as Susie said, a bunch of things going on. And one is to maybe just tune into a mental experience or a physical experience. Uh, Maybe tease apart is something sometimes I've heard is also when there's a, like I keep on coming back to this idea of a knot that maybe we could tease apart, you know, one thread of it. Like the lump in the throat is like maybe something that's really obvious. And that's one element. Um, Just the word simplify maybe. And sometimes we do this when we use this expression of just uh, feeling our feet on the ground. And Sheila, you had a comment?
4: No, I just, when you said tune into, that really resonated with me. Tune into both my mental state and tune into both, you know, my physical state. So that, for me, that word uh, is like perfect. Okay. Okay. Great. Um.
0: So we thought that we would provide an opportunity now for um, you guys to talk amongst yourselves and to explore this a little bit more about the relationship between our mental states and um, our emotions. And sometimes um, it's easiest to notice this when uh, we have like high quote unquote emotions, so really loud quote unquote emotions, whether that's feeling a lot of anger or feeling a lot of love or w- whatever it might be. So just like we did earlier, we're gonna go into the breakout rooms. Um, And let's see here. I'm um, trying to speak and set this up at the same time. Hopefully, I can redo this. And so the um, the question here that you can share is: What have you noticed about the quality of the mental state? And I'm using that word "quality" is a really vague word. Have you the texture? Is it constricted? Is it spacious? Is there um, pressure of thoughts, like a real sense of, like, oh, i got to figure this out. I've got to think, think, think. Or maybe there's this feeling of, um, I can't quite think. I can't quite land on thoughts. Or maybe there's a, a recursive, a sense of things going over and over and over again. Whatever um, it might be, what have you noticed about the quality of the mental state of your mental state when there are high emotions. What are some of the? Maybe start where it's easy. You might notice also where uh, where it's uh, when the emotions aren't so high. But um, that's where we'll start. And again, um, that we'll have probably groups of four, and the person who has the least number of characters in their screen name goes first. So if you have a long name you're going last and you guys can decide whether you count a space as a character or not. And we'll Go for about like 12 minutes. And in the same way, we don't need to have one person that just talks and talks and talks, but uh, maybe just share one thing and then it goes around to the second person and then it goes to the third and then the fourth and then it comes back around to the first. Okay. And so, Susie, just so you know, um, you're assigned to a group, but don't go. Stay here in the main room with me and uh, we'll plot what we're going to do next. <laughs> Okay, everybody, have fun.
1: We, we've, um, we've begun this uh, doing these practices, becoming more sensitive to what is showing up in, in the mind, in the body, in the, the, the texture of the kind of mood and the mind state. Um, So, you know, Diana did a a wonderful job in kind of articulating, you know, ways this can serve us and ways this can help us have more skill and more clarity. Um, And then we've also begun to explore this possibility of kind of playing a bit um, with one of the strands, you know, one of the aspects of the mind state. And that's something that becomes possible once we have this clarity once we have this ability to be sensitive to what is showing up in my body in terms of emotional experience, what is, uh, what thoughts are there, um, what's going on, um, what's the quality of the mind. And from observing this way, we might get a sense of how dependent the larger state of our mind and our mood is on one element. Um, for some of us, that might have become parent just through noticing whoa I had a, a thought that felt really harsh or I felt um, some I thought something very exciting and then you can kind of sense if there's a response um, you can kind of point to uh, how this mood or mind state is this kind of you know co-arising of these different factors um, maybe for others it's easier to sort of get that sense through this intentional. Um, playing, shifting, and bringing in something different uh, with one of the, the kinds of threads of the experience or one of the strands of experience. Um, so we're going to explore in that direction a bit more uh, in, the, in the afternoon and offering different suggestions. Um, so we you know, began to play with this idea of bringing in a particular thought. And then we discussed together well, there might be other thoughts um, that we could play with, and that's something that 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 we can explore. Um, we could also shift you know how we're attending to our experience um, there was I, I think it was uh, uh, Jenya made a, a comment that she felt that um, the the experience of feeling sadness you know and how it moved through her in in uh, the experience of you know crying and really. You know, feeling something was different when it was in the presence of someone else. Yeah. So we can we could very intentionally, for example, play with taking this kind of stance of befriending or witnessing with our own experience and kind of cultivating um, cultivating that and seeing what might happen and what might open, what might shift. Yeah. So on one hand we might find more skill with our difficult emotions uh, when we explore this way. You know, if I find a way to bring uh, something, you know, along the lines of, of what David shared, you know, it felt like um, there was a, some kind of expanding of the range of what was noticeable within the grief and around the grief that was maybe helpful, maybe supportive. So great. Um, And again, we can kind of explore Um, Yeah, this, 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 um, this, I think Diana called it the compounded nature of our moods and our mind states. When we have this, you know, really, um, you know, intuitive kind of experience, learned sense that this is the case with the state of mind, um, we have more freedom, you know? It's like, I'm not so like, have more courage to kind of get in there a bit um, and see what is possible to shift. Um, And this has all sorts of, all sorts of implications for us um, in terms of our insight practice, in terms of uh, increasing our wisdom and our understanding into how the nature of our experience comes to be. Um, You know, Diana pointed at this a bit. Um, I can know that my experience is different when I feel a certain way, And I can also kind of actively explore um, unfolding this mystery, (laughs) this this, um, question of how how my experience is fabricated when I have this ability to kind of intentionally shift and play, um, can really kind of deepen and accelerate that kind of angle into insight meditation practice. Um, So, so yeah, those are just the, the things I kind of wanted to, highlight and like open uh in terms of the direction we're going yeah we have um yeah before we go to to our lunch break just to open up the space and see if people feel like asking or sharing maybe you do maybe you don't but we would love to hear from anyone who who wants to put their voice into the space
3: I have a question. Sure. Uh, and listening to you, I think you used the term play about a dozen times. And uh, and it really it, it, it brought something up for me that I just was hoping you'd comment on. But if I recall um, Berbea's book correctly, that was a big point he made with the attitude you bring towards practice was that it should be playful and that's how we learn. Am I right? And do I recall correctly? So I was just wondering if you'd say something about that.
1: Yeah. Well, it it, particularly in the, um, the approach to, to insight, insight meditation um, practice generally that, that Rob, um, who was my teacher um, that he encourages, um, it, it, it's about this kind of exploration of different ways of looking. So a lot of the practice instructions are about um, gaining skill and facility with kind of shifting our view in order to um, gain, gain this wisdom into the nature of how our experience comes to be. So he, he'll talk about it in terms of, you know, uh, being able to see the emptiness of experience and, and to move in that direction. And kind of one of the primary mechanisms is this, this playfulness and experimentation. So not just setting up kind of one way we attend to our experience and then, and then seeing what happens over the years. Not to say that is not a, a, a viable, powerful way to practice, but this is a, a sort of different shift. And also, I think it's just he um there's just this encouragement of the possibility to be creative in a way that helps us to kind of find our own find what works for us, even along the lines of like how we responded to that sentence um, you know uh you don't have to throw that practice away just because the particular way it was framed didn't work. You're invited instead to kind of tweak it and play with it and see what you can get from it so yeah. That, that helpful? Okay. Um, I see, uh, See, I don't think we've heard from Michelle, so uh, I'll call on Michelle.
2: Thank you. Um, I was going to just say that, you know, when I'm having those kinds of feelings that I, you know, not sure what to do with, I mean, I, I feel like the first thing I have to do is you know, comfort myself because, um, you know, I feel like I'm suffering for whatever reason. I have to find that out, but, um, I, I feel, I feel like I can't go any further. I can't any, at least I can't effectively until I, you know, give myself some love and compassion and acceptance before I can even do that for other people. And, um, and I, one thing I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to do, it's not easy, is to, uh, you know, have another perspective and try and look at myself as a, this spiritual person in this body and my body's my, you know, part of my team and um, trying to be in concert with it to Navigate life and navigate myself first, and I and I feel like I have to take care of myself first before I can start, you know, looking outside of me and trying to figure other people out and, you know, all that stuff. Because then, then I get in a reactive and angry and stuff. I have to. I feel like so. I have to really. This is what I my journey is right now, and why I'm listening to this and participating, because I feel like I need to do this for me I have to be selfish quote unquote um to know myself and be okay with me and not be looking outside you know just keeping my focus you know centered on you know so that I am acting behaving centered and um and that way I feel like I can be a little more responsible for my behaviors and be more aware of my, my thoughts and just let them go instead of latching on to them because I'm hurting. Yeah. And that's why I feel like I'm latching on to them. And, yeah. it, you know, and it spins out of control sometimes. And I have to listen to myself because it just like beats you over the head if you don't pay attention. Yes, that's Michelle. That's exactly what I wanted to share.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You're pointing to something so important, and we definitely will be exploring this more in the afternoon, exactly what you're talking about. This Sometimes we, you didn't use this word, but sometimes we kind of like abandon ourselves and how important it is for us to take care of ourselves and to have some compassion. And thank you so much for bringing this up. We will definitely be exploring this more in the afternoon. This is such an interesting thing when we talk about emotions, like what order in which do we talk about things? So Susie and I started with the body and then with the mind, um, but we could have just as easily started exactly with what you were describing, Michelle, with
2: this. Can I I also, um, maybe you'll speak about this, um, is about, these emotions coming up in our body but turn into illnesses. And I hope that that will be addressed because I hear I read and all this stuff about, you know, your suffering and pain manifests itself as an illness. I don't know if that's always true. But anyway, I'd like to hear more what you guys have to say about that.
0: Yeah, I don't – this is not something that I'm familiar with. I don't know if uh, Susie is, but too – uh, certainly, you know our our men, our interior experience affects our physical experience too. And so probably we won't be talking about that
4: specifically.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. So, um, Kumi, I see you. You have your hand up. Do you have uh, something you'd like to say before we go to lunch?
4: I just wanted to ask one question about Susie mentioned that you mentioned about certain nature. And I couldn't, I couldn't hear that na- what nature that was.
0: Compounded. I think she compounded. used the word compounded. Yeah.
4: Oh, compounded nature. Just, you know, like things are. Uh... Right. I, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I use it with my head, right? It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> okay, got it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Welcome. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody, for your uh, questions and your contributions. And please don't have any more emotions for the next hour, <laughs> because we'll just, we'll just well, wait until we come back. Let's see. So I think we're taking um, one hour for lunch. So we'll come back at 1.30. and. Um, if you have some comments, um, I'll be happy to stay here for a little bit. I think maybe Susie can too, just for a, a, a few moments. Otherwise, I wish you all a wonderful lunch, and we'll see you at one thirty. Thank you very much.